Hello and welcome to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. This is I Love Basketball and I'm Sabrina Merchant, joined today by Anthony Irwin. Anthony, how are you doing? Doing good. You and I were just talking. The Lakers play. So for those of you who are listening on a Thursday, the Lakers play tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. (laughs) What? I mean, we were talking about this before the show started. Like, I don't feel like I've been able to sufficiently celebrate this title. And um, I guess the only way to, you know, make up for that is the Lakers just have to win again. You know, like that's the only way to get around it. (laughs) It's like, it's like playing catch up in college, right? Take an extra couple shots. You may as well just (laughs) like, you know, but you know, if we're staying along the lines of like sufficiently uh, celebrating my, my liver would say that I've, I've, I've celebrated the Lakers championship, the, uh, the Dodgers world series, the election. I've, I've, I've done my share of celebrating. And then, you know, Thanksgiving, and now we're into the holidays and Jen's birthday. Basically, I might not make it to the new year. So we got to celebrate like these. We got to really enjoy these next couple of weeks. I think we figured out why the Lakers want to give out the ring so soon. They're just not worried their guys are going to make it all the way through. <laughs> I mean, if, if the NFL is anything to drive off of, the, the Ravens were basically like, they, they turned into the Crows, right? The Baltimore Crows with, with how many COVID guys oh they had. So, so hopefully the NBA has more luck than that. Yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned just by the the number of positive tests that have already come out and like just the whole privacy of it all is so weird because like coaches can't technically talk about which players have tested positive, but at the same time their social teams put out these videos of practice every day and you can kind of figure out who's not in the videos. And then mm-hmm. you ask the coaches about them, and they're like, Oh, I can't comment about said player. It's like, well, what are we supposed to assume out of this? <laughs> He stubbed his toe. Yeah. We have rampant toe tubbing here, toe stubbing in in the uh, in the Lakers organization. It's the yeah. weirdest thing. Uh, yeah, I just knock on wood. They have some good idea for how to get through this because uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not terribly bullish on the prospects, but like I said, yeah. Lakers have to get through the season because you know I need another title to celebrate, and that's the only way of getting around this. Yeah, but uh, maybe not person- the only, but but well, <laughs> it's the best way. You know. <laughs> It's probably the the best and most fun way to deal with the issue that we're we're talking sure, about, but sure. but uh, you know what? Screw it. It's the only way. It's the only, the way. only way. I agree. Yeah. Um, there is one player who apparently wants to get in on the celebration as well, and that is one Pau Gasol, former Laker, last played with the team in 2014, uh, one of the least memorable seasons in recent Lakers history. <laughs> but uh, it's well known the Lakers just signed his brother Mark Gasol to a two year deal. Pau hasn't actually played a game since March of 2019, but it's trying to make a comeback. Uh, I think his end game is he wants to play for Spain in the Olympics in 2021, which would be his fifth Olympics for the Spanish national team, which is pretty crazy. Uh, But yeah, so he wants to come back to the NBA and Zach Lowe reported that obviously the Lakers would be his first choice. uh, But he also said that he doesn't want to just be on a team for the sake of being on a team. He actually wants to play. So my question to you, Anthony, is how are those two goals reconcilable for Pau Gasol? They're not. They're is, not. <laughs> is the short of it. You know, it, you you mentioned the 2021 Olympics. Like, obviously, 2020 has sucked for everybody. Mm-hmm. But Pau was hoping to be done with his career, yeah. it sounds like. He, he, was, he, was, he was hoping to be through playing, just sipping his his beverage of choice uh, with with his wife and his beautiful newborn, I believe, daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just enjoying the, the old retirement life. And, and here he is trying to get back into shape and recover from surgery and, and somehow last a full another year 
to play uh, in next year's Summer Olympics and in the, the super rare odd number Olympic Games. So, yeah, I mean, you, I, I read the piece by Lowe today and Harrison, yes, I actually did read it. And, <laughs> and they don't have I the audio feature on ESPN articles yet. <laughs> Come on, ESPN. Like Zach, just read it. You can, Zach could even do Pow's voice, but um, I, I, I found myself kind of sad. Did you feel sad for him? Like just kind of like asking the Lakers, Hey, if you're interested, swipe right. (laughs) I mean, I don't know that you and I've ever talked about this, but the way Pow's Laker tenure ended was not super fun. It Um, sucked. They, they traded him in 2011 and then that trade was vetoed. And Powell, like the remarkable, wonderful human being he is, worked past that and had Mm -hmm. a great season that year for the Lakers and was good again, you know, even as Mike D'Antoni benched him and marginalized him in favor of Dwight Howard and Earl Clark, I think, uh, you know, he was forever the good soldier. He represented the team really well. And then the last season he was on the Lakers when Kobe was recovering from his Achilles tear and then also suffered that subsequent knee injury. It was very clear the team wasn't going anywhere. And all anyone could talk about was that, oh, they were going to trade Pau Gasol for Andrew Bynum's contract so they could waive him and then get under the luxury tax for the end of the season. So he spends the last three years of his Laker career fairly unwanted. Um, You know, they didn't really make an effort to re-sign him. And now Pau wants to come back and it's not really clear that the Lakers have a use for him. But I'm not, I don't know. Do you feel like they owe him anything? Like, would it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I, mean, I sort of answered my question through that. But. You, you, you go through. So the Lakers pride themselves on treating stars, especially star champions, right? Like the, the, not, it's not like Powell was Michael Cooper on those, on that back-to-back championship team. It's not like he was, you know, Slava Medvedenko. This is, okay, this that's is a Powell. better reference. <laughs> yeah. Well, because Michael Cooper isn't a Hall of Famer. Powell's going to be a Hall of Famer. I know. Michael Cooper, though, I, I have a very strong set of yeah. feelings about five-time champion defensive player of the year. Like, get my guy's jersey yeah. retired, okay? It's it's enough. <laughs> he's just he's just not a Hall of... Well, but like, that's the thing, is that, like, the Lakers have these incredibly high standards for what it takes to get your number retired as a Laker. And Powell has more than exceeded those requirements and mm-hmm. you know eventually his numbers are gonna his number is going to be up in the raptors I, numbers are I'm, I'm still getting used to the kobe plural thing mm-hmm. and like eventually his numbers are going to be up there and you're absolutely right like i was actually surprised that mark was interested in doing business with the lakers because of the way it ended with Powell. like i was legitimately surprised i remember when when mark was first tied to the lakers i was getting ready for him to sign somewhere else and then subsequent record, uh, reports basically coming out and saying the Gasol family still isn't quite over mm-hmm. the Lakers literally trading Powell, taking him back in, and then trying to trade Powell Except for the remainder, <laughs> remainder of his tenure with the Lakers. And, and, uh, but still, Powell being a great person he is, like legitimately one of the best people that have ever come through the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Him being the great person that he is, he was super professional, even while Mike D'Antoni, for some reason, was dumping on him at every turn he could possibly. I remember the, remember the very first game when D'Antoni benched uh, Powell for Earl Clark, and they asked D'Antoni about it after the game, and he said, well, because I was trying to win. And I remember thinking, like, 
I have never been able to forgive Mike D'Antoni for this ever. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you look at all the things that, you know, he, he gets an unfair amount of criticism for. This is one of the things that all of the criticism he received, he completely deserves. He mm-hmm. was like, it was awful. It was, it was incompetence. It was malfeasance. What he, what he was doing to uh, Powell. And, and yet still in this article, that's why I kind of felt sad it's because like this guy was dumped on, traded, attempted to be traded, basically let walk, you know, unceremoniously departs from this organization that he helped bring two championships to. And yet he's still here. Like, you know what? It would be a great finish to my career. And I'm thinking <laughs> oh this gosh. guy is so much better than the Lakers organization <laughs> has been to him. Yeah. You know, it's just unbelievable. I, I think about, you know, when he left, like there could have been an argument, you know, maybe he didn't have anything left, you know, like maybe the reason that the Lakers stopped using him was because he was on the downs of his career. And it's like, no, he was no. an all-star multiple times after leaving the Lakers. Uh, he, evolved he started, started an all-star threes. game. I remember yeah. he and Mark got to, you know, tip off against one another in one mm-hmm. all-star game, West versus East, which was such a cool moment. Um, but yeah, just the most magnanimous person in the NBA who still apparently holds a very strong tie to this franchise because of the two championships he won here. And obviously the deep bond that he created with Kobe and I assume mm-hmm. with Jeannie Buss and, like that has to be part of the reason why he wants to come back is because he still likes her as opposed to everybody else who shat on him for, <laughs> yeah. you know, Yeah, I years. doubt if, if Mitch Kupchak was still running the team, I don't think he'd want to come back and play. I, I would imagine, actually, now that I think about it, he's probably cool with Palenka. Palenka is super close with Kobe. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a mutual friend kind of thing. And and that probably helped kind of rebuild that bridge to, to Powell. I'm, I'm sure that kind of helped. Uh, and, and just in terms of the, you know, if we're just talking from a cold utilitarian standpoint, if so, I guess what the Lakers would have to wait for, unless they waive Quinn Cook, I, apparently somebody was saying, I think his at is like Yogi Mean or something like that on uh, Twitter was saying that if the Lakers were to waive Quinn Cook all over again, they could create room for two vet men de- deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then they would have room for Powell. I kind of wonder, cause they, he kind of alluded to this in, in the, the low article that he would like to take his time fully recover. Mm-hmm. And then whenever he joins a team, be ready to go right away. And what that kind of frees the Lakers up for is to wait long enough into the season for the prorated veterans minimum to dip below what they can afford and then bring him in while also keeping Quinn cook. And I feel like if you're, if you're sitting here banking on ways for Powell to, to uh, return to the Lakers, that's the most likely Avenue to that end. Right. And in terms of a basketball fit, uh, I look at the Lakers roster and I I don't think Marcus all is playing 72 games. Mm -mm. And I hope not. Right. And in that the means he's not playing any playoff games. And in the instances <laughs> when he's not starting, you know, I don't think the Lakers have a traditional center to play those games because I, I'm just not sure that center is like Montrez Harrell's best defensive position. Now, mm-hmm. obviously you could start Anthony Davis in those games, or you could even bring in like Devonte Kapok, right. And start those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like Costas has played five at certain points in weirdo <laughs> Laker lineups, but that's not something I'm relying on. Um, However, that's a good I, way to coast us that win. Is, is what we're saying. <laughs> I do like the idea of signing uh, just some random center, you know, just to 
like what Spot Dwight starts. did, you know, just to mm-hmm. take up some of those minutes. Um, I'm not sure Pau is that guy because he obviously would be a little bit more fragile for lack of a better word, you know, when he came back to the NBA, just given the long time it's been since he played the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but positionally, like, I don't, I don't hate the fit, you know, like if you just needed a 15th man, um, I do hope that the Lakers find some sort of wing depth at the buyout deadline. You know, they could wave Quinn cook at the deadline, um, mm-hmm. you know, in February and still pick up some other wing and Pau Gasol at that time. And like, that could be their 15 man roster. So there are possibilities where they could bring Pau and not sacrifice like, you know, their flexibility to improve their roster. You know, there's ways to do this where you could just do Pau a solid, which you and I seem to both agree that they, they should do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's just, you know, for, for a franchise that again, prides itself on the way that it treats its stars mm-hmm. and, and prides itself on the way it treats its champions. You would think that, you know, in this case, if this is indeed, you know, so Powell can play out this year, retire from the NBA, go and play in the Olympics, and then that would be the end of his career. Like, that's doing the guy a solid. Mm-hmm. And and what we've learned, by the way, in the NBA, now I don't think Powell runs in any of the circles with superstars who are currently looking at the rest of their careers. I don't think that's something that would really do much in terms of the way that, you know, guys talk to LeBron and guys talk to AD and and all that. But if you are a star and you're looking at the later stages of your career and you're saying, you know, in LeBron's case, the Lakers are going to do this guy an actual solid and let him retire in the way that he would like to retire. That, that does continue that kind of theme, that narrative of the Lakers going out there and, and doing right by their family, you know, in mm-hmm. ways. And again, like that's before you take into account all the stuff that we have talked about just a second ago in regards to the way that he was treated on his way out the door. Mm-hmm. And, and, and frankly, the way he was treated at times by the, by Kobe, yeah. by the Lakers fan base. Like if anybody caught it, the, the lion's share of the ire when things didn't go in the direction that, fans and everybody expected them to go it tended to be pal right he got the soft label yep. he, he he out toughed kevin garnett out toughed dwight howard and and yet still had that soft label by the time he he, he was he was no longer a laker anymore because and, of one series against the celtics when the lakers didn't have a center to play next to him just right right and he was com- he was completely ill-prepared for that like he mm-hmm. was still technically a power forward when he when that, when that trade went through exactly. and, and, and by the way, like if they had Bynum there, Powell doesn't get that label. Mm-hmm. They had a center. He just, his knee exploded. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think I, I personally, uh, from a story standpoint, and it's also kind of nice. I was thinking about this too, uh, that it's kind of nice that the Lakers are so good that they can <laughs> devote three spots. So like there's a story spot and then there's like the Dudley and Quinn cook kind of chemistry spots. And then like, there's just 10 freaking studs on the roster that make up the rotation so that you can have nights where Quinn cook can come in and, and Powell might start for Mark or, mm-hmm. or Dudley comes in for, for garbage minutes or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to have such a solidified rotation that, these options are there at the end of the bench. Yeah. Even I'm like, the belief. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, even I was just going to finish like even THT is 
like incredibly promising by the standards of a second year player who mm-hmm. is still is he going to be able to drink this year? No. <laughs> yeah. So I, hang on, he's twenty right now. I think he just turned twenty in November. Yeah. So, so by if they the time win another the title, ends, then yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, <laughs> they win this championship and then they never win again. And Four THD <laughs> never gets to celebrate with the guys as if he didn't celebrate last time. But, but yeah, I, I just think I get it, it all facets of the game. The Lakers are very well equipped to be able to have guys at the end of their bench that serve purpose beyond, you know, use on an NBA court. Mm-hmm. Quinn cook is there because he's Anthony Davis's really good buddy and gets along with everybody. Jared, literally everybody, everybody like the, the stories that I've heard about Quinn cook, how it's kind of like Deandre Jordan back in the day Mm. where it didn't matter who the Clippers were playing. He was always there at half court dapping somebody up. (laughs) It's like everybody Quinn cook is that, but like three feet shorter. And, and then like Dudley is there. And I think he serves a really important purpose here with somebody like Kuz who is still learning how to be a professional. So you can, you, the, the rotation is so solidified. It's so talented. It's so deep and versatile that you can have those guys at the very end of the bench and still be perfectly fine with the use everywhere else. Yeah. I, I always forget that Alfonso McKinney is on this year's Lakers roster. Like I, I start <laughs> counting. I'm like, okay, we've got the 10 rotation players and you've got THT. You just reminded me. Dudley so. cook. And it's like, there's, <laughs> Do we have an extra roster spot? Is there somebody else? <laughs> Sorry, Alfonso. I hope uh, I hope to see you play some minutes in the preseason. Quinn, Quinn Cook is like that guy. It's his turn. My best friend. He's not getting on the bus this time. <laughs> I got my spot on the bus. McKinney is going to have to be chasing after it. It's oh, his man. turn. I forgot about <laughs> Quinn Cook missing the bus in Orlando and asking them on J.R. Smith's Instagram Live to come back and get him. <laughs> he's so little. You know, you just forget that he's not there. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about the first time we're going to see this Lakers roster in the preseason this week. Or a version of it. All right. So the Lakers take the floor for the first time on December 11th, which is Friday. So it could be tomorrow when you're listening to this against the Clippers in the preseason. Um, It will be played at Staples Center. I don't know if it's a home game or road game. I probably should have looked into that before talking about it, but it's at Staples Center. Um, Frank Vogel has already said that LeBron James and Anthony Davis probably won't play on Friday. Uh, Ty Lue has not made any such statements about Kawhi or PG. Uh, He he has said that they have done everything in training camp, which is different than last year when Paul George was not available and Kawhi was in and out because of uh, his leg injury so commute from san diego (laughs) also that (laughs) uh so it's possible you know that the lakers are outmatched from a talent perspective you know when they take the floor whatever it's preseason that's not the point um but i am interested anthony like what you think of as the point of these preseason games like what are you hoping for the lakers to accomplish in these next three games accomplish i don't know if i would use the word accomplish Right. Because I don't think, I don't think you're going to get anything definitively. It's going to be such a weird preseason. The Lakers goals heading into preseason are going to be very different from just about everybody that they play. Uh, So, so I don't know. I I guess what I'm most looking for are combinations that look to have some chemistry, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and uh, whether that's with LeBron, without LeBron, with AD, without AD, 
I want to see the Schroeder and Montrez connection. I want to see the Montrez and Mark Gasol connection. Uh, I want to see how Gasol looks as a facilitator and, you know, what kind of looks Wesley Matthews is comfortable with, how Kuzma looks. Like, I think, I think of, of every individual player, once again, you know, this is now season, is he in his fourth year or third year? Kuzma? Number yeah. four. Yeah, so this is now his third year where heading into it, Kuzma is a guy that everybody's kind of looking to see what he's going to be heading into the year, right? His first year, it was like, you know, oh my God, can he continue what he was doing in summer league? Right. Um, but his his second year on, he's had expectations. And, you know, I want to see if he can more consistently be the player that he thinks he is, right? The, the player that he thinks deserves a $20 million a year contract. Uh, which, you know, I would love to be wrong, but I, I think, you know, from, from the standpoint of, especially comparing to, to the competition, the, the Clippers season ended a good month before the Lakers did. Right. Uh, so, so it makes it easier for, for Kawhi to um, understand and, and, and better figure out ways to, to um, literally ways the app to, to figure out <laughs> traffic coming up from, from, from San Diego. Uh, Paul George, him being sort healthy. stumbled I'm, into that one, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, there's a joke I can make here, I swear. Um, and then, you know, Paul George being healthy. Like, that's why uh, I, I'm really interested in the matchup between the Lakers and Clippers. We're just, I don't think, really going to get an honest look at it until opening night. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought up the Kuzma thing because – you know, an important subplot that still remains this offseason for the Lakers is whether or not they extend Kuzma before the start of the season. Um, and it's a something that makes a little bit more sense now that they're not going to have cap space next year because, you know, LeBron and AD both re-upped their contracts. So it's something I think the Lakers probably are approaching a little bit more seriously than they did a week ago, you know, when you and I last talked. Mm -hmm. And this is not an insignificant opportunity for Kuzma to show something, you know, I obviously don't think that the Lakers are considered, you know, they're not at all worried about the results, you know, like these three games, they can lose all them by 20. That's not the point. Um, but seeing what Kuzma looks like, like you said, in combinations that may or may not show chemistry, like that's important. I mean, I think about just last preseason, you know, when again, the results were wholly insignificant because the Lakers literally played the Warriors like four times. And it was just a ridiculous like collection of games, one atop the other, the Warriors had no big men. And the mm -hmm. Lakers just dunked on them over and over and over again. But Frank Vogel, which did I enjoyed actually, immensely, Frank like, Vogel I, I, did I... <laughs> actually decide who his starting point guard was going to be during that mm. preseason, right? Like we didn't know what was going to happen going into it. Like we had these fears that it was going to be Rajon Rondo, right? Um, there was like, <laughs> you know, some some glimmer of a hope that it could be Alex Caruso, but he didn't play very well to start the season. Mm. And then Avery Bradley was awesome and stepped in and took that role and. That was a meaningful outcome that came out of those preseason games and obviously training camp too, but we don't see training camp. So I do think, you know, the Lakers, Vogel has said they have two starters and everything else is up for grabs. So yeah, maybe the Lakers aren't looking to win here, but I am interested to see how these perimeter players in particular sort of separate themselves. Like mm -hmm. is CP going to start? Is Matthews going to start? Um, Caruso could even get in there. Actually, I think there's a much more realistic shot of him this year than there was last year. So yeah, like wins and losses, whatever. Like, I don't really care about that, but there are going to be opportunities here, I think, for the 
individual players to like distinguish themselves from one another. That's, that's a really fun theme. The, the, the concept of opportunity, because like we just finished talking in the last segment or about how deep this roster is, Mm -hmm. how talented this 10 man rotation is to where we forget about Alfonso uh, McKinney, somebody that Stephen A. Smith is convinced is going to be a hall of famer one day. (laughs) And, and, you know, I, I think the, the concept of opportunity and I know last year, one of the kind of, bits of culture that Rob Polenka especially really wanted to instill was this notion of competition. Mm-hmm. You're going to win a spot or lose a spot in Caruso's case uh, in the rotation based on how training camp goes, based on how preseason goes. And then over the course of the season, we saw Caruso earn a bigger and bigger role. And, and I think, you know, here, given how deep and how talented this roster is, it is going to be a head-to-head competition between KCP and Wesley Matthews for that starting two job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is going to be a competition between Caruso and Schroeder. Or even and, KCP there. And yeah, and even KCP for the starting point guard gig and then and then the subsequent minutes uh, thereafter. And you know, you look at you look at somebody like Harold, who I'm sure, by the way, is convinced that. He should have a bigger role than he had on the Clippers, even though there are very there are a ton of Clippers who were saying, "Yeah, um, I think we think Zubats should actually have <laughs> a bigger role." And 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 I think you know we, we one of the topics of of conversation a lot, especially this last week, is the amount of media that players take in. And Harold has probably read that athletic piece where he read about members of the Clippers organization pissed at doc rivers for playing harold montrez harold in the playoffs last year i'm sure that that didn't sit too well with him so he's going to be out to, to earn every minute that he possibly can and and even gasol like if we're if we're if we're talking about you know headlines and analysis heading into this year gasol's heard about his washedness for yes. the entirety of of you know since the raptor season ended and you know, I, all of these guys have opportunities either for minutes or for roles or for the opportunity to uh, prove doubters wrong. And, and that's something that it doesn't matter if you're LeBron James or if you're the Lakers trying to win a championship this year. All of these guys believe that there are doubters up and down uh, throughout the media who are just out there dumping on them or disrespecting them. And for, all, for, for this entire roster and a lot of guys within it, this is that this is we're, we're now it's, it's go time as 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 hard as it is for us to fathom that this is actually the beginning of the preseason. Uh, it's actually here and and they all got to figure out a way to, to get ready for a season that might be pretty damn challenging. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that competition thing, because, you know, going into the 2019-20 season, like most people did not expect the Lakers, you know, to take the number one seed or even be favorites within their conference to advance to the finals. And there was that chip, you know, like to prove that, yes, we've assembled the best team. You know, uh, LeBron obviously had the whole revenge season, washed King thing going right. There was a lot of external motivation for them. And this year, everybody's picking the Lakers. Um, they're once again the favorites, right? Like everybody has just given Rob Polinka all of his flowers for everything that he did this off season. Um, and I'm, there has to be some sort of internal motivation now, right? Obviously the, these guys are 
professionals and they, you know, have had that internal edge that has driven them their entire, you know, basketball career. But it also helps that like, they're gonna have to work really hard just to get minutes on this team. Like (laughs) there is a possibility that you just fall out of the rotation for a little while if you're not playing well. And I'm glad that like, even if everyone's sort of anointing them already, which I, I don't love already, at least they have this battle in within just the Lakers roster itself that they have to be better than one another, right? Like they have to bring it every day or else like Frank adjusts, like he's just not going to let people play because they're on the team. Like not everyone is Rajon Rondo and they're, you know, endless offensive swag, right? Like you've got to earn your minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is also second year Frank Vogel, right? Mm-hmm. And this is now second year, now champion Frank Vogel. And he's going to have a lot more freedom to go away from guys or go to guys or, or whatever. And even, you know, to, to build on the point that you said a second ago, it's, it might not even be within some guys control. Like if, Mm -hmm. if KCP is playing average KCB basketball and Wesley Matthews is out there shooting well beyond what Wesley Matthews typically shoots, then Wesley Matthews is going to get those minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and even if it isn't a matter of, you know, oh man, I'm in this slump and I gotta, I gotta be able to, to, to get back at it, to be able to, you know, regain my role in the, in the uh, rotation, it's going to be, I, I gotta, not only do I got to do that, but I got to play better than somebody who probably could start on just about every other team out there. Like there are, one of the questions I got for locked on Lakers was if you split this, this roster in half, basically would both halves uh, make the playoffs, you know, so long as one team had 80 and one team had LeBron. Had LeBron yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, yeah, I, I think they would. Uh, so long as you give them like a league average bench. You know, right. 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 Yeah. Uh, and, and, and what that means is you're looking at playoff level starters up and down this rotation. And sometimes those playoff level starters play beyond what they're normally going to do. And at those times, whoever, is is in the rotation or has a bigger role or is getting minutes or important minutes by the way like it's not it's it's also might not even be a matter of who is playing x number of minutes on a nightly basis who's getting the minute who's closing who's closing you know, games like we, exactly yeah. we saw that with caruso last year where he didn't start and he wasn't even the first guy off the bench but in he he got just about as many clutch minutes as anybody on the lakers and when the Lakers in the finals finally reached that, okay, let's stop effing around moment. He started. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so, you know, that's, that's Vogel trusting Caruso and, and we're going to find out, you know, one of the things we aren't going to find it out in preseason because you aren't going to get clutch minutes and there's right. no such thing clutch minutes in preseason, but we're going to learn fairly early on what those clutch minutes might look like. And, and that's going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah, I'm just thinking about like, you know, the Lakers obviously have what we would consider to be their 10-man rotation, but like I could see THT sliding in and taking some of those minutes if other guys aren't playing well too. So that's just somebody else you have to worry about. And again, we have no idea what McKinney's going to provide, but he's there, you know, that could happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just have one last question for you, Anthony. Um, What is LeBron going to use to hashtag his Instagram posts this year now? (laughs) Man, it can't be Wash King, right? Because no, I, I think he's no longer washed. I think he's proven that he's whatever yeah. the opposite of washed is. <laughs> Unless he still has like my tweet 
framed in his office <laughs> or something like that, then he's still convinced that somebody out there still thinks he's washed. I wonder if it's going to be like, was well, probably just going to be number five, right? Maybe and something then, with five. Okay. Yeah. So, something along the lines of five, uh, you know, chasing ghosts. I, I remember like that was one of chasing his favorite, ghosts. Okay. He, yeah. he, like, he really liked how much everybody liked him saying that he's, he's not chasing Steph. He's not chasing Katie. He's chasing ghosts. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's something along those lines, something bigger than just the season. How about, do you have a theory? Uh, something with instant oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Jared Dudley, like just Jared Dudley in a bowl, instant oatmeal. <laughs> and LeBron's fun. He's, he's really funny. Um, he's got like he's a dad. This, dude. <laughs> it's, he's, I love his humor. It's so stupid, but it's so funny. <laughs> he's he's like, he's what would happen if, so how old is LeBron? I think he's like 36. He's going to be yeah. 37 this year. Yeah. Is I he believe. turning 37? God, I really I, should know this. We talk about it all the time. Yeah, um, I, I know he's he came out of year 17. He's turning 36. He's turning 36. Okay, so he's, but, you know, I I find myself completely out of touch with, all of the themes that like Grant and Kendrick and, and, you didn't and like even all say of... memes, you said themes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Memes, you know, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not up to date on any of those things. Christian, like all, you, like all, like everybody who's, who's way younger than me. And, and I find myself completely out of touch. LeBron is two years older. And by the way, doesn't get crapped on, I'm sure by anybody in his inner circle for mm-hmm. like being corny. That's why he continues to be corny. Right. <laughs> And, and so like, if he's, what would happen if, if our dads were never told that actually you're not that cool, (laughs) you know, have to imagine his kids tell him they have to tell him. I don't, well, yeah, I think maybe Bronny, like maybe Bronny or his like youngest daughter. There's no way Zuri's letting him get away with this nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I I can't wait for Avery one day to be just like, I've I've thought about this a lot because I know like my, my parents growing up, they listen to like the Beatles and the Eagles and, and like cr- classic rock. Mm-hmm. There's a chance that I'm going to be playing like Eminem and I'm going to think I'm cool listening yeah. to Eminem with Avery in the backseat. She's like, shut this off. This guy's not, he hasn't been cool for 20 years. And I'm just like, it's going to rock my brain. So yeah, I'm sure maybe like his youngest kids and, and, and maybe all of his kids, his wife, his wife seems like, you know, she, she, she probably reminds him like, it's really, you're not, I promise LeBron you're not you're not 25 anymore bud <laughs> you're not it's okay it's okay you're still incredible but you're not 25 yeah well anyway uh lebron may or may not be on the court on friday but the lakers will be back soon enough and i instant am... goat meal instant go oh there it is <laughs> that's really bad <laughs> that's just bad enough that i could see lebron using it it's just bad enough we got to get that going instantly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I don't really know what to say after that. So you know, thanks for coming on, Anthony. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, instant goat meal. <laughs> what does that even mean? I have no idea, but I could see in tweet like hashtag oh instant gosh. goat meal. <laughs> okay, uh, this has been I Love Basketball on the Silver Screen Roll podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you want to listen to your podcasts. You know, just because you can't afford to miss quality puns like this. <laughs> and uh, we will talk to you next week. <laughs>